It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, June 15th, 2020. How was everybody's weekend? It's good to be back here with you guys. Uh, I had a few things happen on the weekend that I thought I would share with you guys. Uh, man, let me tell you, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old, what the case may be, but uh, <laughs> a few mistakes I made, definitely, and uh, I'm not ashamed to share them with you. First of all, I closed the show on Friday by wishing everyone a happy Father's Day and uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there because I thought Father's Day was this weekend, this Sunday. Uh, I didn't find out until probably Saturday sometime or maybe it was late Friday even that uh, I realized, oh, uh, wait a minute, that's next Sunday. (laughs) So uh, I take pride in myself in being a guy who is very organized. I have calendars up on the wall. I have color coordinated pens. I do all these different things. It's uh, it's something I, I take pride in. And you know what? I messed up a day. I messed up Father's Day. I can't believe that. I was talking to my brother about going over this Sunday, this past Sunday and hanging out with our dad and just kind of, you know, and, and both of them, uh, I think they were like, why are you so adamant about this Sunday? And I, this is after I found out, hey, I messed up the day. <laughs> it's not Father's Day this weekend. But you know what? Maybe I was just so excited about it. Maybe I was looking forward to uh, celebrating all the fathers out there, especially mine. So uh, you know what? Uh, either way, <laughs> maybe every day's Father's Day. I don't know. But uh, I was way early, a full week early. Uh, just one of those moments, a uh, blonde moment, whatever you want to call it. I was like, man. You're, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I never make this mistake. So uh, I found that out after I'd already posted the show and everything on Friday. I'm sure some of you guys were like, what is he talking about? Uh, those who listened to Friday's episode. Uh, anyway, uh, it was a great episode with Aaron Reynolds. Hope that didn't take away anything from uh, from the people who listened. Got some good feedback from him uh, and uh, some other friends who, who liked hearing from him. That was great sitting down and chatting with him. Uh, so Friday, yeah, I got the show done. I was feeling good. Another week of shows in the books. Gonna gonna take some time off. Uh, you know, we went out with some friends. We actually went to another establishment instead of being at home, and it was very different to be out at night. Right? Uh, some places are opening up, and we took advantage of it for sure. So that was our Friday night. Uh, me and the roommates kind of went out and had a good time. Uh, Saturday was pretty laid back. Pretty uh, pretty. Low key, I was looking forward to the UFC fights uh, later that night. So we're just kind of resting, sitting around. And I was on my phone. I was actually watching a documentary called Chasing Tyson. It was about Evander Holyfield and uh, and uh, Mike Tyson, and you know their fights and kind of the early nine, late eighties, early nineties stuff with boxing and everything. Uh, really good, but I'm sitting there watching it and I'm playing on my phone and. You know, they say you shouldn't drink and drive. Well, I'm a big believer in you shouldn't uh, watch television and be on your phone because uh, I was on my phone just messing around with it and updating, doing some up- updating some apps. 
Valerie was actually next to me. She was napping. And uh, I, this thing popped up on my phone and it said like, Hey, save some, uh, save some of your, uh, not battery, but gigs or whatever. And Hey, a lot of apps are running. And I thought it was typically just this, this apps, uh, your apps are running in the background. Hey, shut them down, save yourself some, some juice, some gigs, whatever your storage. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I was kind of what I was intrigued in this uh, Tyson, uh, Holyfield documentary. So I was watching that and trying to do this at the same time, which, uh, you know, you shouldn't do, do one or the other, right? Well, I clicked a bot the boxes on all of my different apps that it was telling me to, uh, to be concerned about. I'm like, oh, this is weird. This is a lot of apps. So I go boom, 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 boom. At the very end, it didn't say uninstall or anything. It just said, yeah, save six gigs, seven gigs, whatever it was. Well, I pushed uh, submit and what did it do? It pretty much deleted most of my apps, all the apps I selected. I basically uninstalled them all. Uh, I sat there in disbelief because uh, I'm a guy, I have a lot of apps on my phone, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, the Anchor app, uh, <laughs> uh, NFL, NBA, ESPN, all these different apps where I get updates too from various, uh, you know, my, my financial stuff. I have uh, airline, uh, hotel, all kinds of stuff. So not only did I have to go back and, and I was sitting there and Valerie was sleeping and I was really trying to control my rage because I realized what I had just done. I was mad. I was mad at myself for doing it. Angry. Uh, wanted to throw something. Wanted to yell. But I was like, uh, bottled it all up. And I said, you know what? You don't have anything to do today. Just settle down. Start re-getting re, uh, your apps. But the hardest part, too, was going back in. And, uh, you know, I had a few different passwords and, su- and such for safety. And so I you'd have to figure out which password and sign in and log in for each app was. And then going back in and redoing all the notifications. So that took a couple hours on my uh, Saturday evening, uh, early, late afternoon, early evening. And uh, you know, it got done. And then it was the UFC came on. So we were watching that. But I was so mad at myself. I, I, I couldn't believe what I did. That I that I deleted all of that. I thought not knowing what day Father's Day was would would be the worst mistake I'd make on the weekend. But uh, all is well. My my phone is back uh, fully operational, and uh, it just took some time. And and man, I was like, okay, well, I hope <laughs> I hope things are better now. Oh, sometimes you got to laugh at yourself, I guess. You know, um, there's probably not enough laughter in the world these days. And if you can't laugh at yourself, I mean. What can you do, right? So, Goofy Matt Hersema did it again. Just uh, you know, I'm sure I'll. These things usually happen in threes, so I'm sure I'll make some other weird mistake here soon. But happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there this week. Let's make it a Father's Day week for everyone for the for the for the dads out there, right? Let's uh, let, let's talk. <laughs> let's just let's get the week going and, and build it up to Sunday. Yes, this Sunday. <laughs> June 21st is Father's Day, uh, or so I've been told. Uh, on the show today, we have uh, a great father, a great dad, Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. Mr. Baumgartner, as I knew him growing up, uh, his oldest son, Dan, was one year below me in high school. Uh, so I played with Dan for a couple years. Uh, his youngest son, Bill was in my brother's class. So they played football together. And so that's kind of where the connection is. Uh, Mr. Baumgartner was a very passionate, uh, 
dad fan, uh, much like my father, they were, uh, proud members of, uh, what would come to be known as the bad dads, you know, all tongue in cheek, of course, but, uh, they were, you know, the administration every now and then would probably be like, Hey, uh, you guys are taking it a little too far or whatever. Uh, but all, all kidding aside, that was a long time ago. I know they're, they're both very, uh, uh, proud fathers and just proud to watch their kids play. They did a lot for the organization, both my dad and Mr. Baumgartner, just helping out and donating time. But uh, Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr., he, uh, he's he got a background. He did some coaching. He now lives out in Missouri with his wife, Allison. It was great to catch up with him a few days ago, just chatting about uh, the good old days and, and just kind of what it's like, youth sports is like uh, for, for kids these days. He's a very passionate guy. Um Full of energy. I love the energy he brings. Um, I'll say that uh, he loves baseball. He loves his kids. He loves his grandkids. Just a fun conversation. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. For those who know Mr. Baumgartner, you're going to start chuckling right away, I think. And, and for those of you who don't know Mr. Baumgartner, uh, and yes, uh, Dan, I, it's, I I can't break that habit. I'm trying to call you Dan. It just doesn't feel right, but I'm, but I'm trying. <laughs> I know your son, Dan, and, and to you, Dan, you know, yeah, it's still Mr. Baumgartner to me, but I'll, I'll, I'll fight through that. Uh, anyway, for those of you who don't know Mr. Dan Baumgartner, uh, great guy, really good, God-fearing man, and just somebody that uh, I think you'll you'll get a chuckle from. You'll, you'll hear a few things you like, uh, whether it be just talking about, uh, you know, the status of our, of our country, uh, youth sports, dads coaching their kids, dads uh, – showing support, just, just everything. We're going to talk about a, a lot of things and it was a lot of fun to talk with him. So enjoy the interview. Uh, we'll get right to it. It's a great way to kick off our Monday morning. We have uh, more guests lined up this week, but we're like I said, on Friday, it's still kind of a work in progress. So we are uh, slowly, slowly, but surely putting guests together. We're doing interviews as soon as people come available. Uh, we do have guests Tuesday through Wednesday for now, and working on Thursday and Friday. But anyway, guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get right to the interview with Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. Okay, today we are joined by Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. I know he hates when I call him Mr. Baumgartner, but you know, some habits <laughs> never die. Uh, I actually played football with his oldest son, Dan. His youngest son, uh, Bill, was actually in the same class as my brother, Sam. So there are some connections here. And uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've talked to him, but I thought what better way to catch up than to do so on a podcast. So Mr. Dan Baumgartner, welcome to the program. <laughs> well, hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a, it's on, it's an honor, and I have listened to a few of your uh, your podcasts, so I didn't want to get too deep to think. Well, I have to keep up with uh, with the Freddie Montablancos of the world, so I thought I'd just leave it at that. You know. So. <laughs> So we'll, we'll do it fresh, you know? <laughs> hey, whatever you want to talk about, it, it's all good. Uh, I, I'm just happy to talk with uh, all, all kinds of people from, from the past and even some new friends. And just uh, it's, it's crazy to hear your voice. We were just talking off the air that uh, I think the last time we saw each other was 2006 when your youngest yeah. son Bill graduated with my brother, Sam. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a chunk of time, you know, that's, that's a, a little bit of time. I mean, you can certainly you can certainly earn a couple of degrees in that amount of time, probably. You know, 
<laughs> no right. doubt about it. Yeah. Well, well, we got a lot to cover, but you know what? Let, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to uh, when Dan and Bill were both pretty young. Uh, you, you you came across uh, this youth athletic program known as Care Youth League, and right, and right, both boys went through the program. So tell me how that all started. Well, you know, I was familiar with uh, with uh, uh, Cary Youth League, and in my day, it was Boys Christian League because I grew up across the wash or across the pond, so to speak, in Almani, and uh, and we we knew about them, but uh, I never got involved. Uh, my sports were usually involved with uh, my dad coaching me in either uh, uh, little league in Almani or uh, or uh, pop order football, you know, and such. So. Uh, yeah, I was I was one of those uh, guys that had to be coached by his father, which could have been a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe that's a whole other show we could talk about. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, my brother-in-law Mike and, and, and sister-in-law Sherry Prest uh, had gotten uh, their oldest daughter Stacy involved, and we come to a few of the games and we got to talking and and we we're looking around thinking, man, this is really kind of cool, you know. I mean, I didn't know much about it as a kid growing up. I knew that they were, uh, they had a religious, uh, you know, uh, or a, or a Christian uh, background, I should say, and, uh, uh, got to talking and, uh, you know, it really sold us was the two first people we met that Dan would be on, uh, uh, the team out of Duarte and Monrovia. And that's, uh, Dan Kirby and Pete Clark. And I don't think you could meet any other nicer gentlemen that can, uh, raise your, you know, help raise you, your young kids in sports and then, and in the Lord that way. So, uh, they sold us on, on just being themselves, you know. So, uh, it, yeah, that's how we got involved. We got involved through uh, through Allison's uh, uh, oldest brother Mike and and her, and his uh, wife Sherry, and and their kids were involved. So, it was just a family affair from that point on, you know. But I always liked uh, describing it to people uh, uh, growing up and our kids growing up and and church people and stuff, and and they would say, "Well, where do your kids play sports?" And I'd say, "Oh, Rio Honda Prep or Care Youth League." And they said, "What's that?" And I said, "Well." The best way I would describe it is if you had Boy Scouts and Pee Wee football and Little League baseball and uh, and any other sports you can think in AYSO soccer and you had a Bible study at practice and you had a Bible study at the end of the game every week and teaching your kids the Lord and good sportsmanship, I said, that's probably what you would, would call this program. So, And I think that's kind of a pretty easy way of explaining it, you know. That's probably the best uh, summary of Care Youth League that I've ever heard in a, in a short couple of sentences. It really is well done. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, we obviously, you know, and then the competitive juices flow with, uh, with you know, you want your, uh, your five-year-old kid to, uh, you know, play football like he's, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Allen or, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, how come you can't run through those kids? And, and then, you know, come to find out, well, he's only five, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, I hate to do this, but I'm sure Bill and Dan will listen to this, but Bill, one time I was kind of harping on him, you know, about something like, Bill, you know, you got to do better. You could go around that corner. You're fast. You know, you can run and outrun these guys. And and he looked up at me and he says, yeah, but I'm only seven. And he's, and he was seven, you know, and I was like, oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. Well, yeah, you know, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what an eye-opening uh, moment! Uh, you know, and you're, you're talking about you know your dad coaching you and what that whole yeah. thing. It's just a different dynamic, you know, when it comes from dad, and it's it's amazing. It's wonderful when dad were involved. My dad was yeah. the same. You know, it's great, but yeah, sometimes it's moments like that where it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
right? <laughs> yeah, I, I can always remember coming home after a loss and like if you said anything in the El Camino, it's going to be trouble. And you know, we were two blocks away from the park, but but if we won, oh boy, man, let's go get a Winchell's donut and have a, and have a, a chocolate milk, you know. So you know, but <laughs> and that's just part of being that's just part of being raised that way. But you know, I tell you what, I I, I I'm so grateful that I didn't coach my kids because I loved them too much to coach them. Does that make sense? You know, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I did get, but I did get to coach them when they when uh, get later on in life when we uh, we did uh, we did that semi pro football team we were talking about earlier and uh, and uh, that was fun, you know. But that was just fun. That was just like, you know, that was just like being buddies, you know. Just you know, you know, they're they're grown men now, so you know, we could joke around, have a good time, and you know whatever but yeah that would yeah oh definitely a difference when you when guys are adults versus when they're little guys just running around i mean trying to trying to put that football gear on when you're a young kid is hilarious you know (laughs) guys running the wrong direction all kinds of fun stuff i mean that's what it's all about you know absolutely absolutely but you know matt think about this think about the, the the friendships that you built as a young man you were gator weren't you guys were gators right yes so how do I know that? I just, I know color and I, whatever, but, uh, <laughs> but think about that though. You think about the, the, the friendships and the relationships that you built at a young age, you know, four, five, six, seven, and, and you'll have those relationships till this, till, till the day you die, because that's, you get that bond. It's almost like being in a, in a, in, in a foxhole with a guy, you, but you bond in a different way. I have friends to this day that, you know, I played sports with when I was, you know, uh, six, seven, and eight years old, and and uh, my best friend Bill Hobbs, which is a great baseball name, by the way. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we've been friends since we were ten years old. I've I've known Bill longer than I've known my wife or anybody else really in my family. He's been, you know, he's my brother from another mother, so to speak. Yeah. So, but think about that, right? You don't you still have relationships with people that you started off with at Care Youth League, and then I, I, obviously through uh, through Rio Hondo Prep and whatnot. I mean, you still you still talk yeah. to them. Oh yeah, right. it, it's fantastic, and and the the, you know what? What's really great is much like this conversation here is, I I can go without talking with someone a long time or texting, <laughs> but as soon as we we start, it's like we we picked up right where we left off. That's right. That's right. And, That's and right. best relationships. But you're right. The, the kids you play with when you're young, then junior high, even more uh, great relationships. High school. I mean, the best oh, years yeah. of your life. Right. I mean, it's it's an incredible time. I, Dan, I don't know how kids do not play sports. I don't understand that concept. Uh, I think, I think we're seeing the results of that. Don't you to think what's going on right now in the world? I mean, think about it. Or if you just specialize on one, and I get that, you know, older in life, you know, maybe when you're in junior high or high school and you're, and you're pretty good at something and you really take a liking to it, maybe specialize in one sport. Okay. But I think, I think that's the problem is that, you know, when we grew up and, and your generation might've been the same, but actually you were so busy with, with care youth thing and stuff. But <laughs> I remember growing up and I'm sure your dad, you know, your, cause our generation is about the same is that we played out on the streets and the lights came on. That was time to come home. And whatever was on TV, if, if the Lakers were on and chick current was on, then that's what we were playing in the street. And then <laughs> baseball co- kicked in and Vince Scully was calling the games, you know, or Dick Enberg angels fan. Uh, you know, we're playing, we're playing Sandlot baseball, right? And it's the same, you know, I mean, if we'd have had ice, we'd have been playing hockey during hockey season in Southern California, right? But think about that. That doesn't happen anymore. Everybody comes home, gets, and think about this. 
think about this. This is a real two two real key, key components. One is when you come home from school, you get in your mom and dad's car and you drive, and we have a little button that sits on our uh, on our sun visor, and we push it, and the garage door opens up, and we drive the car in, and the garage door closes, and we never come outside and know who our neighbors are, and we never see those people. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, think about the fi- the fact that. When, when phone calls used to be made when I was a kid, I never got to answer the phone. My mom and dad answered the phone. I want to know who was calling. Who's that for, Danny? Who's that? Well, it's John. John who? What, what does he want? You know, they want to know everything that's going on. Now you have conversations with people your parents have no idea who you're talking to. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. I, I, yeah this is one you don't know. No, and this is one thing that, you know, I, I was at that age in high school where everyone was, everyone had cell phones. I mean, everybody. It was yeah. just starting. And yeah. You know what? God bless my parents. They both saw, I begged them so, so many times because I <laughs> rides home. We wanted cell phones. Like it's like, sure. and, and they, they, I don't know all the reasoning in it, but, but there was a method to the madness and they were like, no, uh, unless you can afford one, you know, you're not, you don't need one. Uh, but they also said, but if you do not call when you're supposed to call or, uh, or, or you're home when you're supposed to be home, you know, <laughs> there's going to be sure problems. So I, I truly learned that you didn't need to be glued to a cell phone at a young age. Uh, and, and I, and I think it, deep down, they could see down the road, they could see ahead right. cell phones yeah. where we could become a crutch. It could become a problem. This is before yep. they had all the things on them. So I didn't have yep. a cell phone until I was in college. And, uh, you know what? I, I thank my parents for that. I really do. At the time, I didn't. At the time, I was upset. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, because you're young and impetuous. And, you know, a young teenage boy wants everything right now. And they have no other way of thinking it, uh, other than the fact that if I don't get it right now, then I'm going to be upset. Absolutely. But, you know, mm-hmm. Dave and Diane had, had, had a lot of wisdom because they, they raised two pretty good boys. So, you know, uh, yeah, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. So. Oh, they were great. And, and you know what? Uh, <laughs> You, you want to talk about the relationships of the kids. Uh, you just named two, two names right there. And my parents, uh, yeah. there had to be a special bond in growing up with the parents of the kids that played with, with uh, your, your kids. <laughs> yeah. Whether it was oh, Atlantic yeah. or Real Hondo Prep. I mean, tell me what that was like being, you know, uh, growing up with the parents as well. Well, you know, uh, as we talked uh, before, we, we, we turned the recorder button on. We, we talked about being a, a bad dad and, I think your dad and my dad coined that phrase because, you know, uh, we were, if we weren't getting a harsh, uh, a harsh uh, talking to after a game, we were getting whistles. And, and I can't say this for a fact. I can't, I don't know if hundred percent, but I think I'm the only father in care youth league, Rio Hondo prep history that had a flag thrown at him at a championship uh, football game between Rio Hondo prep and uh, river, or, uh, not Riverside uh, Redlands Christian. Because the white hat was a homer, and he and he didn't like me calling <laughs> And I'm telling you, I think we lost the game because of that. And I couldn't apologize enough, but, man, I know I was right. I know I was right. <laughs> you, you and my father, both oh you and my father were extremely passionate individuals. Uh, oh. I remember my dad yelling on the sideline when I was a kid even, and he toned it down a little bit. But then when we got back in, we got into high school and we were playing oh, yeah. balls, both of us, Sam and I, my dad was a loud, loud person. <laughs> it been anything. And yeah, he was so intense. I loved him for it. Uh, but looking back, I'm like, man, you were so crazy at our football. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think, you know, the, the, talk about bonding. 
you know, in the beginning, it's 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 you know, it's it's the it's the care youth league attitude. So it's you know, we don't want the we don't want those guys from the east beating us, you know. And I'm sure that was the same thing. And so you know, as you get older, and you know, and and you get to know the Dave Hersimas and the uh, and the Jimmy Malcolms and you know, and all those guys that uh, that uh, are pretty good people and pretty pretty you know, pretty much the same as you know as as we were. White you know, uh, blue collar guys, not. Uh, not real, uh, you know, uh, deep into anything other than loving our families, you know, and loving our kids. And, and so I think, you know, you get that understanding that, you know what, it's, it's, we're here for our kids, but there, ha- there were, there were our times when we had so few arguments and stuff, but you know, but, uh, but you, I think, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, but you know what, like, like what you said right there, like, okay, th- there may have been some situations with, you know, in youth sports and, and uh, specifically carry youth league, but you know what I see now, Dan is, I see parents these days absolutely ruining youth sports. It, oh, yeah. it, is, it is sickening to watch and to see how much parents uh, just overdo it and they ruin yeah. it for kids and then kids don't want to play anymore. And I don't blame them. That's, that's probably one of the reasons why there's such a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, the numbers are so low in, in youth sports is because their, <laughs> their parents ruin it. Now I will <laughs> say that that's not anything new because you know, I mean, I had a grandfather that was really, really tough on my uh, my mom's side of the family. Uh, uncles, uh, one of my uncles got drafted by the Angels out of college, and uh, all three of them played on. Uh, they they uh, in the in the late fifties, they won the uh, 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 Colt World Series out of Baldwin Park. So he was really tough on them. And then, you know, guess who gets to be tough? You know, the, you know, with the first oldest grandson, you know, here comes Danny, you know, so, you know, so it, I don't think, I think it's a generational thing, but I think in time you you do learn to, you know, tone it down a little bit because, you know, we love our kids. Like I said earlier, I, I love my kids too much to coach them, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, I think that's, that's fantastic. And, and I think tough love is, is definitely needed out there, but, but the things I'm talking about, more specifically or like you see it on the news you'll see a video oh, yeah. of parents coming to blows at, at, yeah. at a seven-year-old's game and it's yeah. like that's completely uh ridiculous and over the line and absolutely I, it's just so horrifying to see and his kids well, don't understand at that age do you think it has something to do with the fact that again we go back to that playing one sport you know well you know, and, and we, li- we were we were fortunate enough to live in Southern California. If you liked a sport that was obviously an outdoor sport and you wanted to, you could play that sport year round. Baseball, eh, football, not so much. Tennis, golf. You know, if you were into that, you could do that pretty much year round, you know. And uh, but I think what happens is, you know, I mean, I'm looking for things from perspective of, of money. OK. And, you know, growing and raising a family to young, you know, young kids and doing the best you can and working multiple jobs just to pay the bills and and pay the fees and stuff. Could you imagine the, the thousands of dollars that these parents put out now to, for these kids to play year round sports because they're playing on a club team and they have to have the blue shoes that match everybody else's shoes. And then Johnny doesn't get a chance to play. And then now you're upset. And now he does get a chance to play late in the, late in the game. He comes in and strikes out and it's a marginal call and it's the umpire's fault. And then you're hot. And then they're, I mean, yeah. think about it. You know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, when it should be just fun. <laughs> you know uh, that yeah absolutely and and, and i uh, that's why i appreciate programs like carries league I mean, absolutely they, they've done good things and anytime there's a hint of those things starting to rise up i think they squash it pretty well yeah uh, and, and all parents out there they all love their kids they love their kids they want them to do well uh, it's fun to see them 
uh, get competitive as well. But I think within the right, uh, you know, within the between the lines, you know what I mean? Yes. That's yes. what it's all about. And, and you know what? You know, you mentioned I was a Gator, and I got to tell you guys were one year below us. Uh, right. or, or excuse me, Dan, Dan was. Your, Dan your, was – well, Dan actually should have been your, your age, but we kind of – when we got him into school, we kind of let him slide back a, a year because, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're right. You're right, though. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to tell you, uh, the Gator, at least there weren't many good Gator teams. There's a lot of good Atlantic teams. And, and we had such a rivalry with Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. It was us versus them in every sport, it seemed like. And, man, I just – I hated the Royal and, and Gold. I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny that you later in life grow up and you know what, Mr. Lee, who coached those teams, he was, yep. he was one of my favorite teachers of all time. Uh, yep. You know, I'm talking with you right now. I've talked with other former Atlantic pirates and, uh, Ooh, you know, I, Pete Clark, you mentioned Dan's yep. first coach. Yep. He'd actually, he came over to the good side for a short time and he was coaching the, the Gators, uh, you know? And <laughs> yeah, he did. That's right. That's right. <laughs> These rivalries never—they never die. I don't care what anybody says. You know well, but I mean? then now they're just fun and, and good times. You yeah. Know, good, you know, I, I see it in my niece because my niece is still there. You know, Stacy, who got us all kind of involved, is now mm-hmm. teaching at uh, at uh, Pearl, and uh, and she still coaches. And she she posts her bulldog winnings, and she lets Uncle Dan and Aunt Allison know how her teams are doing and how. You know, she gets excited to have a good catcher and a pitcher combination. She knows how important that is. You know, so it's it's kind of cool because she's. She still lives it, you know, and it, like I told Mr. Mr. Lee, you brought that up. It's a good point. I told Mr. Lee one time he was giving me a hard time about, you know, probably coaching Dan or Bill, you know, when I shouldn't be. But I told him, you know, in jest, I said, you know, Mr. Lee, how can you get in my way of living my life vicariously through my sons? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Hey, you know what's fun, though? Let's think of this. So, okay, so this is what they do. They get your juices flowing. They get you, okay, red against blue and green against gold and all that. And then guess what? Hey, now we're going to have a mom and dad softball team. Come on out and play. Well, guess what's going to happen? Yeah. But, you know, you could really tell whose kids were, were coached by their dads and whose kids were coached by their coaches. So, you know, the ones that, <laughs> the ones that are going in hot and heavy on trying to break up a double play at a, you know, it's not beer league softball, but it's beer league mentality, I guess. But yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, Mr. Bob, take those. it easy. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're only playing for a t-shirt here. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no ESPN camera here. I remember that. You know, my dad played it. It was yeah. fun to go watch oh, the dads, the dad Gators against the dad Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I'd forgotten about father's softball. You're right. Oh, yeah. a, oh my goodness. Good times. Well, let's talk about real Hondo prep. You, you okay. both kids, Ended up going to Rio Hondo Prep, Bill and and Dan. Yeah. And was that again in following kind of the the Press family with uh, with uh, their kids, or was it an individual decision? What was kind of the process to, to end up going to Rio Hondo Prep, or was just kind of a no brainer? It's a really good question. Uh, so there's a couple things. One, um, Stacy did, and, and Ryan were involved in, in getting into. Uh, I don't think they had Pearl Prep at the time. I think it was. Uh, I think it was just Rio Hondo prep. And I think it started, I, th- I want to say like fifth grade or sixth grade. I could be wrong, but uh, so uh, loving your kids as much as you know, you possibly can and doing as much as you can for them without you know, ruining them. I, uh, I was working nights at the time I was getting off at seven 30, eight o'clock in the morning, taking the boys to school, public school in San Gabriel. 
uh, long story short, I would volunteer because I had time and I, you know, you get off of the, you get off in the morning, you don't go straight to bed so you can go back to work at midnight, right? You get, you, you do stuff during the day. And so I figured, well, Bill was in, I think Bill was in kindergarten. Dan was like in third and I would read to, uh, the, the kindergartners where they, they split the class in half volunteer doing that. And then I'd help in Dan's, you know, grading papers or do whatever. Then I became like the, the like the, <laughs> like the recess monitor. And then I became, you know, the, uh, the, the guy with the whistle and stopping, you know, lunch, this lunch has got 10 more minutes. You got to stay in your class. Anyway, long story, which you, Hey, you asked me to talk, so I'm going to talk <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, we, they decided that they needed another high school in the city of San Gabriel. And long story short, they had a whole bunch of meetings and decided that the, even though the, the voters voted against it, they were going to move schools. And Allison and I had noticed that, uh, you know, the classroom sizes were growing from 20s to 30s. And the poor teachers were relying on people like us to volunteer and teach the classes. And it just was going nowhere. And it's just, and, you know, unfortunately, public education isn't what it used to be. So uh, we decided that we would uh, we would put them in and we found out that there was, you know, there was programs for, uh, you know, if there was uh, financial situations, which we fell under. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not too proud to to say that, that, you know, we we got some financial help to get them in. And then once we got them in, it was like, well, well, this is a no brainer. You know, these kids are flourishing. Their 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 education is is, is growing by leaps and bounds. You know, they were uh, they were really doing much better uh, than they would have uh, in uh, public school. So. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was probably more of a necessity because the public school system was driving us out out of San Gabriel. So, yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I, no regrets at all, ever, ever. Be- best money I ever spent, you know, is as far mm-hmm. as I can say that, uh, you know, because like again, it was small classrooms. It was a family. It was family oriented. You know, you know, you get yeah. uh, you got an opportunity to uh, to uh, you know hang out with your peers, you know, and and and. It, not to say that uh, a private Christian school doesn't have its uh, its faults or its, its its weaknesses, but you know because we're, we're we're all human, you know. Let's face it. But uh, I think the smaller classrooms and the and the and the close knit family atmosphere help kids get through those kinds of situations uh, uh, quicker. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what I I I look back and I'm like I can't even imagine of the, of going somewhere else. I mean there were other. There Talks about you know Glendora, Charter Oak, which were schools by which are good schools, but those yeah. are good schools, yeah, sure. A lot of opportunities, but you you talk about the family and the small class sizes, and it's such it was such a unique high school experience that I wouldn't trade. Mm-hmm. And I I hope more people out there who you know they hear the school and they're kind of skeptical. I think you're gonna get a great experience if you go to Rio. I really do. Could not like could you, not agree more with that statement. Yeah, you're gonna get a great experience in the times you're there. Uh, is it is it challenging? Is there a lot at ask at time? Yes, there is. But overall, uh, like you mentioned with Care Youth League, bottling everything up into one thing, yeah. uh, you know, right? That's just the experience you get. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, think that I'd be uh, playing a musical instrument or doing some <laughs> art or choreography or all these different things you end up doing when you're there, right? As right. well as the classroom, it's unique. Um, I want to talk. I want to. Oh, go ahead. Did you have some? No. Well, I was just going to say, you know, like the time you guys came back from your trip cross country. Look at all those cross country chips, and and mm-hmm. you bring. Hey, our kids are coming back. They've been gone for several months. Uh, they've put on this play. Come see them, and and people would watch us. Like, oh, by the way, uh, with the help of their leaders, they wrote this play and these songs and these chore- they choreographed. <laughs> It's like, oh, really? Yeah, and they do this across the country. 
you know, at churches and campgrounds and, and they have a great time. And, and look, everybody came back. Nobody died, you know, nobody, <laughs> oh, sure, a van or broke down or a bus, you know, lost its brakes or something. But, you know, that's part of the adventure. So, you know, right? I mean, no doubt. Oh, 100%. I, I tell people that all the time. My kids, I never got to travel, but my kids sure did. that's what my parents said my parents said the same thing yeah absolutely and and i want to talk some football right now because football i know you're a big baseball guy but but football at real hondo prep is is it's just special i think and and i talk to everyone about that and and you're i don't well you do know this i know you do you're 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 a member of a proud fraternity that there's not many people uh in your in this club that you're in you are uh, a father of mm-hmm. two yeah. CIF champion football players. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's the first, the first one, are- the first one was thanks to you. Cause you were the quarterback of that team. And Dan, <laughs> Dan came in and, and uh, you know, got, got the promotion from JV to varsity and, and at the right time at playoff time. And I, I think he contributed. I remember he did a run reverse one time and he ran the wrong way. And I thought, Oh my God, if he doesn't get killed out of this, he's going to be lucky. Anyway, but yeah, I tell you a story. Absolutely. Can I tell you a story. I, I don't want to take away if you, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no. Dan Jr. for doing this. <laughs> you probably disagree with me on this statement, this memory, but if there's anything I have, it's, it's, it's a pretty good memory, especially from, and details from playing. So your oldest son, Dan Jr. was up in the playoffs with us as a sophomore and contributing wherever he could as a special team or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be giving guys breathers. So he would come in, he got some significant playing time. We're in the CIF final. Mm -hmm. Dan came in as a corner. He was on a corner and it was a fourth down play. I called the defense. It was supposed to be a corner blitz. So the other team, they come out in a punt formation. So I'm trying to call off. Hey, 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 we're off. Our our blitz is off. They're in punt formation basically. And Dan, you know, been a little more specific with the sophomore, Dan didn't hear me. I don't think he heard me. Or maybe he didn't know what I meant. Or maybe he didn't want to hear you. <laughs> anyway. Exactly. So, so Dan, your son, uh, he blitzed anyway. And what did he do? He blocked the punt. <laughs> he, he blocked the punt. It was a huge play yep. in the game. Yep. Uh, huge contribution. Everyone slapping his helmet. I was too. And I remember keeping it to myself going, you know what? He wasn't supposed to do that. But I'm, glad- <laughs> I'm really glad he did. Trust me. Uh, so <laughs> that's a memory oh, I've never yeah. shared with him. But uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember really the play glad- too. I got goosebumps just uh, as you're talking to me. I, it's all coming back to me thinking, oh my gosh, I remember this play. I know where exactly where he's going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He, blo- he blocked the punt yep. and it was that yep. game. That was unbelievable. That was one of the, the most fun games I've ever been a part that of. That was a good game. game in a- yeah. That was yeah. that was on our field too, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. You know, unfortunately, I never contributed. I, oh my gosh. But yeah. But you know what I remember most of some of these games is, is a couple of things. And you're on the field, you're playing, you don't remember these things. But homecoming games, Mike Prest and I took over the barbecue and we did the tri-tip for several years and we made the oh. best tri-tip sandwiches. I mean, I still talk to people about those and I probably lost 20 pounds of liquid body weight because we cooked all day and I'd run up in the stands and so, and then we started doing tailgating with the Almaseuses and your parents and, and, uh, yeah. and uh, uh, the Dinius's and oh my gosh, remember all that? Oh, that was good yes. times, man. Good time. Oh my goodness. It was such a 
ill. Every it wasn't just this little homecoming game. No, it was it was a, an event. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the smoke from the tri tip during the JV game. <laughs> oh yeah. Great stuff. But like you, said, so you brought that up. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That you're right. That uh, any time that I have a chance to go back, I always like to go into the gym and, and find the uh, the CIF banners and see the boys' names up there and just you know it's just it's awesome. It, I think it's a it's a there was one time though that Dan and Bill had a chance. I think it was Dan's senior year and Bill's sophomore year, and and they didn't get to the. I did. They I think they only went like second round in playoffs. And I'll never forget. And I know Dan and Bill are probably going to listen to this, but at the end of the game, you know, we were living right there at Milo Ann. So what? We just walked home or walked to you know walked to the games and stuff by then. But uh, uh, I remember Dan sitting in the chair and, and Bill coming up next to him. I'm gonna start crying now. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you know, it was Dan. That was it. The football's over, you know. Football, football for a guy that goes to Rio Hondo Prep is life, and I mean that with all caps, man. Life, right? And Amen. and and poor Dan, you know, it's that was it. He knew that that was over, you know, for his his life at Rio, and 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 they sat there and they held each other. That was pretty cool. It was a really good. It was a I was a proud father moment at that particular time watching my kids get emotional over that. And that's yeah, that's that's those are good times, man. Yeah, I, I was a senior when my brother was a freshman, and, right. and we were just in school together the whole time. And at the time, we weren't we weren't that close. We we become way way more close over the years. But but same thing, Dan. I remember, uh, you know, Bill and my brother. They were juniors. They lost the CIF final, right? A tough game up in uh, yep up in California. Yeah. Uh, but here, I remember my brother. They won in the semifinals and going down and, and, and hugging him. And he was in tears. He was emotional. He was like, we're going back. We're going back to the finals. Yeah. And I remember that being so proud of him. Yeah. And, and also, I'll let you talk about Bill in a second, but I want to say this about Bill. One thing I really appreciated about Bill in watching him and watching him play on my brother's teams all those years, Bill, Bill was a great running back. Mm-hmm. But what I love about Bill is that it, no matter what he did, he had the same demeanor at all times. He'd get hyped up, but he was just, I don't know. He was always very professional. Yeah. He'd make a great play. You wouldn't know it. You would, I mean, he would just he handled <laughs> business. And I always appreciated that about him. I remember uh, that's a good, that's a good point about Bill. Bill and Dan were definitely different, just like you and Sam are. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, Dan was, mm-hmm. Dan was extremely emotional, but always wanted to follow the rules as close as humanly possible where Bill was a little bit more free spirit, but Bill, 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 sports came easy to Bill, you know, and 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 I think he, I think he kind of knew that, and he kind of had that surf cat laid back attitude towards it, like you know, I'll catch him, you know, okay, you know, if I got to come across the field, that's okay, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a real good point that you're right that he he uh, he would get pumped up on occasion, but most of the time he was just pretty pretty much you know okay, I gotta I gotta run the ball, I'll run the ball, you know. But, uh, <laughs> quiet demeanor and yeah, uh, all, yeah when he he got that first down late in the uh the fourth quarter of that uh championship game his senior year yep. and, and it yep. helped run out the clock i mean that was just that was just it all feels like yesterday like you're saying but right. uh, just but, uh, I was before so that game though that was that was against campbell hall wasn't it but the the game before that yes. the semis was on our field and joe parker called a a play that was like a backwards pass no i take that back no, I take that back. Was it a backwards pass? Something happened where I think Bill had they, – they, they picked the ball up, and Bill had to make like a shoestring catch, tackle uh, kind of thing. Gosh, <laughs> what was that play? You know? 
Well, I know Bob Bray recorded it for me. I got recordings for all that stuff. By the way, what a great guy, Bob Robert Bray, huh? Another, oh but, yeah, I'm not even here real soon. Not even close to being a bad dad. I hope he listens to this because he was <laughs> he was the beacon that all of us bad dads really wanted to be. Because Mr. Bray would keep his he keep his comments to himself. He would never get a, never get too high and never get too low. He was very even keel. What a great guy. You know what's funny? Let me tell you something funny about him. Because Bob is from at, at this area where I live now. I live in the Midwest and uh, Springfield, Missouri area, and uh, and I was telling Bob, you know, I said I was bragging on uh, on uh, where I was born because I was born in Baldwin Park, you know. And I said only two things that ever came out of Baldwin Park that were great, and Bob has said something like, "Yeah, what's that?" I said, "Well, In and Out Burger and me, you know, whatever." But uh, <laughs> he says, "You know, Danny, there's only really three types of people in this world." I said, "Really? What's that?" He says, "Well, there's only Arkies." Oh, I'm sorry. He says, "There's only Okies." Arkies and Baldwin Parkies. And now I feel like I'm all three of those because I live in, I live near Arkansas. I work in Oklahoma at times and I was born in Baldwin Park. So now I've had the trifecta of people. Wow. wow. <laughs> anyway. Mr. Man, a, Southern, a Southern gentleman uh, to his core. Amen. Great man. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Oh man. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> I, you know, every time I, I bring someone on here and we start chatting, and we start chatting about the not just the old times, but then specifically like real hondo football. And right. you know what? Get into every detail and remember every game. And it's so it's so fun. And you know, the best the best stat I remember from uh, Bill and Sam's senior year. I, I I don't know if you know this or not. Will Tarico was the captain and yep. he always called coin toss. And those guys, they they think they went nine and one in the regular season, yeah. uh, lost by one point in the in a regular season game, and then they obviously won four playoff games. Will Tarico told uh, everybody, told Sam, told all the guys, and to this day, if you ask him, he said they lost one coin toss oh, that year. Are and you was, kidding? And it was the only game they lost. Wow. Whether they, yeah, whether they were the home team call uh, or the visiting team calling the coin toss, they lost one coin toss, and it was the only game they lost. <laughs> what a trip! That's a trip. How about that? That's really cool. That's a good. That's a good uh, piece of uh, uh, trivia that the kids. I'm sure they'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Bill. I know. Bill was very emotional about getting back to the playoffs too, like Sam was, because Bill yeah. in that playoff game was in the high desert somewhere, and I think your dad had a connection with somebody that lived up there. What was that? Yes, the Hamilton. He did. Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton. Yep. Yep. Uncle Ron, yes. my best friend in, in growing up, yes. uh, was a teacher at that. Yes, that's right. I remember that. Uh, Bill broke his collarbone in that play. They had some monster linebacker that was just as big as Landon and just as bad, and he lit Bill up and cracked his collarbone, and I think Bill played another quarter and finally couldn't take anymore and had to come out. Found out he broke his, mm. they broke his collarbone in that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough game. Oh, I thought we would win that game. Yeah. Man, yeah, low scoring, yep. freezing cold. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, you unfortunately you remember the losses as much as you remember the wins, and well, that was a tough loss. And that's, but that's that's the way life should be. You can't, you know, you can't. Everybody can't win. We can't all get trophies. We can't all have the hand bridge. You know, come on, we got to lose, man. What are you going to learn? <laughs> the hand bridge. You're right. You know what? I, I said the other day about participation trophies. Like, oh. what's the point? What are we doing? I think those are for the parents. I really do because, and I, you know, I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this, but when, when you weren't a very good athlete and you didn't get the trophy, you didn't make the team and, and, and you didn't try harder next year to make the team or get better at a certain sport. You know, I think those parents 
have kids and they say, well, I'm not going to let my kids feel that where everybody's going to win and everybody, we're not going to keep score. Well, life keeps score. <laughs> right? I mean, how do you not keep score? <laughs> yeah. What's the point of this? Right. So do we, do, do we not have, we don't have tests or, in, or quizzes in school. Like everyone gets a B plus. Like what's the, the process here? Like I wasn't very good in science and you right. know what? I scrapped, I scrapped my way to get through it. That's right. Other subjects was good at so it's just you know i agree with you 100 percent on that it's the curve right it's good grading on the bell curve and if if nobody gets it then the curve is just a <laughs> flat disc it's just not even a bell anymore yeah oh man <laughs> oh it's fantastic stuff <laughs> oh man great times at rio i i wouldn't trade it for the world it's fun no. to talk about the memories and uh our, our two connections with uh, both of your sons actually and you know it wasn't uh, too long after that uh, maybe well maybe it was a few years but you guys ended up moving out to uh, Missouri, yeah. uh, long Californians, and, and you leave this uh, this state, which is a whole other subject. I, <laughs> I definitely want to get out of here myself. But uh, tell me about moving to Missouri and what that's been like. Well, you know, we came out here as as a necessity. Uh, Allison's folks were getting; uh, they were obviously retired and, and relocated out here. They're from uh, originally from Illinois, so not too far. And uh, she had a, her middle brother who's been out here for twenty plus years. And long story short. Uh, we were empty nesters, you know, Dan joined the air force and Bill was married and, uh, we were seeing a need and we thought, well, we would probably retire out that way anyway. So we gave it a chance, got a, found a job I, I, the weirdest thing. Uh, I was with a, a company in, in California and they're nationwide air gas. I sell, I tell people I sell molecules. It sounds real important, but I really, you know, <laughs> I sell gas, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Dan gets uh, deployed to Qatar and he's, uh, Skyping. Uh, with uh, my wife and I come home from a long day and he says like, he found me a job and I said yeah I'm going to go to work in uh, in the desert and it, no no it's so long story short I pull it up it's on career builder I put in my resume uh, I I hit send and 20 minutes later Kentucky uh, is calling me that's where this company that I work for is based out of uh, an hour later I'm talking to another guy two weeks later I'm flying to Kentucky Two weeks later, I'm uh, accepting their offer. Two weeks later, I get my two weeks, and two weeks later, I'm gone. So, that's uh, you know, we prayed and 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 hoped and and prayed hard that we would get transferred out here, you know. But uh, until I made that move, uh, until Dan found the job, which was really weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we, we were blessed enough to to find work, uh, packed everything up in a U-Haul, and uh, drove out here and. Uh, and uh, and started our our second phase, if you will. And uh, sadly enough, Allison's folks have both passed, but uh, we were there to help them. You know, we we kept an eye on them and, uh, and got them to their appointments and such. And you know, when they were able to, and and spent uh, you know the last six or seven years, I guess, with them was 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 pretty pretty good. And then you know their their health got to failing, and they went into uh, assisted living, which was not easy, but. Uh, but yeah, so you know we've uh, we've uh, made the transition. Lost, you know, we left a lot of friends and family. My my sisters are still back there, and Allison's brother, and all of our families. My mom, uh, my stepdad, uh, obviously Bill and his three kids. You know, Dan's uh, a little bit closer. He was in Alaska, but now he's in Idaho with his uh, four kids. But uh, yeah, it's it's a different way of life. It's a little slower. Uh, when I <laughs> 
when I first came out here, I had to make sure that uh, I, I probably shouldn't tell people I'm from California because they immediately label you, you know? So, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so uh, kind of took it easy on that and got to know people and, and people got to know me and, you know, struck up relationships. And, you know, and, and, I, and, and I'm a salesman. I never was a salesman until uh, uh, there was a strike in the grocery business that I used to work in and had to find a job. And luckily I found this job. But uh, I found, you know, that selling stuff is really more, it's not as much talking as it's more listening, you know. So, and coming out here, everybody's got a story. And it's, sometimes they're not short ones, you know. There's no Reader's Digest <laughs> version sometimes. It's like, a, you know. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, the better you listen, the better you, you, you understand people and, uh, and, uh, and uh, develop relationships. And so, you, you, yeah. But so, and Allison got a job right away. We're working in the medical industry. She works from home. So she's, uh, she's got an office in the house here. And uh, when this COVID thing hit, you know, I was kind of worried that uh, I'd be uh, at least uh, furloughed or laid off. But, you know, my industry, we, do, we touch so many different industries, medical and research and, and uh, water treatment and, you know, distribution of natural gas and electricity and all that stuff. We're, we're really tied into a lot of the municipalities. So uh, we just kept going, you know, so we haven't, we haven't had any time off. So, but yeah, it was, it was a different, di a totally different, uh, way of life. Trust me. Totally different. Oh, oh <laughs> I, I mean, there's nothing like California and there's nothing like, uh, some of these other States. And did you say, uh, you're pretty far or close to the, uh, the Ozark Lake Ozark? Well, Lake, Lake of the Ozarks is probably about two and a half hours. Uh, let's see, that would be okay. East Northeast of us. That's where the, uh, the COVID pool party happened. Yeah. Did you, I'm sure you, everybody's heard that, but you know, it's funny I, it, uh, that uh, there was one guy that went to that pool party. Uh, he went to several locations who had COVID. Uh, he interacted with all those people, no masks, no washing of the hands, none of that stuff. Uh, the two week uh, uh, period went by, not one person that he was in the areas with got COVID. So it's the, it's, they're saying it's the water at the Lake of the Ozark. They said, if you have, if you swim in that lake, and you drink some of that water, you're pretty much immune to everything. So, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Magic water. Apparently. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Uh, me and a few friends, we chat, We talk about that show, Ozark. And oh, uh, yeah. I had never seen it. And I watched it a few months ago. I was blown away. Yeah. I love that show. It's a good show. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't partake in any of that uh, type of lifestyle that uh, is on that show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, there's there are some places that uh, you probably shouldn't drive down that road. I'll give you a quick uh, quick story. I had some uh, venison that I wanted to turn into sausage, and I was coming back from Oklahoma, one of my accounts, and the guy said, "Oh yeah, you should take it over to that rendering plant." Blah blah blah. So I, I took his directions, and I went in there, and I'm driving through these backwoods. I'm thinking, man, I hope I'm not lost. And the water tower he told me to find was sure enough there, and I pull in and. I get out and it's kind of looks kind of sort of abandoned, but not really, you know, some rusted out cars and this old uh, coon hound comes out and he starts sniffing me and jumping on me like this dog wants to, you know, hang out. And so I got this ice chest full of uh, uh, venison that I want to make into summer sausage. I'm looking in these buildings, can't find anybody. I finally find a room that there's a, there's some people in there working in a refrigerated room, a, a meat rendering plant basically. And Oh yeah, yeah. Come on in. I'll leave the meat. And he said, yeah, come back next week. We'll have your sausage. And so I go, give me some jalapeno and some cheddar cheese and give me some, you know, standard uh, summer <laughs> sausage or whatever. So I get ready to leave and I put down my ice chest because uh, I got the meat and I see there's like a $5 bill on the ground. I'm like, hey, 
So I pick it up, and there's three people. Now, mind you, they're wearing aprons that have blood all over them because they're killing deers and stuff, and you know, and it's just backwoods stuff, right? So I'm like, uh, "Hey, does this uh, does this belong to anybody?" And the one goes like, "No, that's yours." I said, "No." I pull out what I had in my wallet, and I had like seven dollars. And I said, "No, that's not mine." So okay, so I give it to him and take a couple of steps later, closer to my truck, and there's another five dollar bill. I'm thinking, "Oh, great." These people are chopping people up and they left the money in the parking lot and I'm going to, you know, so anyway, long story, as I get into the truck, the dog jumps in the truck with me. Like he wants out of there too. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, dude, I just got to get out of here. I don't even know if I'm coming back for my sausage or not, you know, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was, but so there's, you know, I mean, there's places that you probably shouldn't travel and, you know, like that TV show, you know, you just, you, you be careful who you make friends with because uh, you know, if you're, if you mess up, they, they won't let you out of the uh, the town or the city. So, yeah. <laughs> good, uh, yeah, good good lesson to live by. Yeah, but well, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead but. <laughs> no, you you me you mentioned uh, you know something not too far back about uh, Dan and Bill, yeah. and I just want to make sure these numbers are right. According to uh, the number you gave me of how many kids they each have, that means you have seven grandchildren. I do. I have seven. We moved out here with zero uh, when Dan, Dan Dan was the first one, to, him and his wife were the first ones to get pregnant. Uh, it started off with Kaylee, and then Bill and Lauren got pregnant right after that. So they had Caleb, and next thing you know, now we're down, yeah, we're down to seven. And we got, uh, we got three Dans. We got three Daniels now. We got Junior, oh, wow. and Dan named his youngest son uh, uh, Daniel III. We call him D3. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But – that is great. What's it like being a grandparent? Oh, you know, uh, I, I, well, the first part, <laughs> the first part about it is it's, it's, I didn't think I could love uh, another human being as much as I love my grandkids and all of them. I love them all the same, all equally. They're all awesome. They're all, they're all different, which I love the most of too, but uh, it's hard not being near them. It's hard not being, you know, around the corner. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Allison's parents were at every game, every game for my kids, for Mike's kids. I mean, they were there all the time. And my folks, you know, were when they were in the area, they'd make it. But uh, I wanted, to, I want, I really want to be that grandpa. And I'm missing. I feel I'm missing out on that kind of stuff. You know, and FaceTime is good, and uh, Facebook Messenger is okay. But it doesn't, you know, man. I gotta, you gotta squeeze those cheeks and be there for them, and you know, and and. <laughs> pat them on the back when they do a great job. You know, they're, Bill's boys are extremely athletic. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they're into, uh, uh, mixed martial arts. Now they go to, uh, uh, what is it called? I think it's, uh, uh, Oh Lord, I can't remember what it's called. Jiu-jitsu. That's it. Jiu-jitsu. So they're into that. Uh, but you know, and, and the whole family's into that bill, Lauren, even little Isla, I think she's going to get into that. So that's, a, 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 you know, it's a good sport. So, uh, uh, Dan, Dan's kids are uh, basketball and softball players, and they and when it's the season comes up it, it, where they're living, they they get a chance to play that. So uh, I I just would I wish I was closer, but it's it's the greatest feeling, you know. I mean, uh, I don't know. The only way I can like explain it is it's it's like uh, it's like uh, Christmas and your birthday every day when you're around them. Wow, seven grandkids. I, I just can't get over that, Dan. And, and what, what are you known as? Are you Grandpa Dan? Or what, what is the terminology of all the, the kids call you these days? Well, uh, 
those kids, our California grandkids, call uh, Allison and myself uh, Ma and Pa, kind of like uh, Ma, Pa, Kettle, you know, kind of stuff like that. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Dan's kids, uh, they they call us uh, Grammy or call her Grammy. That would be funny if they called me Grammy uh, <laughs> and uh, and call me a uh, Poobah. So uh, yeah, they've got a they've got a little. We've got little pet names. It's kind of cool. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's that's those are things that stick that you can't you, you know you can't tell them. Oh no, I have to be called Grandpa. No, if they get, if they want to call me, you know, uh, whatever they want to call me, I'm okay with that because you know they're they're your grandkids. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I got a feeling that like most grandkids, uh, uh, they can do no wrong in your guys' eyes. You're right. You know, being uh, being a grandparent, it's uh, yeah, you, you, they get away with they get away with, they get away with what they want. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, because at the end of the day, like most grandparents, you're able to uh, to give them back to mom and dad, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Thank God. Thank God for that. So, yeah. Again, if they were close, if they were closer, it'd be different. But uh, you know, right now, it's uh, it, it's the situation we're in, and and uh, you know, thank God for cheap airfares and uh, and uh, summer vacations. You know, so yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and I know that uh, you know you were proud of your boys for playing sports, and and I gotta imagine with with all the grandkids now that there there'll be some uh, some more jerseys in the near future with the Baumgartner last name on the back. Oh right? yeah, well yeah, hopefully hopefully they have big enough jerseys. That's a long last name, you know, which is uh, <laughs> uh, it always fill, it seemed to fill out during football season, but sometimes in basketball and soccer you could never tell whose kid it was, and until I started yelling, obviously. But. But no, hey, I got a question for you, and I don't know if we went over this. Did uh, did you get a chance to pick your number when you were uh, your first joining uh, Care Youth League, or did did someone assign you a number? And if so, what was the what was that number you picked? Uh, well, I was uh, I was second grade. I was pretty young, seven years old, and I yeah. yeah, we were in that that sport line, the equipment shop down at Care, right. and they they asked you, uh, hey, what number would you like? And I didn't really have any. Uh, connection or anything I liked the number 20 at the time so I requested number 20 they looked at the book there and someone on the team already had it so I ended up with number 22 and that was kind of my first number and, and, and isn't that odd you know they, they so they asked you you know and I can and, and I love my wife dearly don't get me wrong she'll hear this but uh you know Allison took uh, Daniel in to get his first jersey and uh she came home with that uh that royal uh, royal blue jersey with the uh, with the gold numbers and it was uh, his name obviously on the back and it was number twenty seven. I'm like twenty seven. What is what did you where did you guys come up with number twenty seven? She said, Well, you know, it's just a number. You know, and that's his birthday. He's on the twenty seventh of October, so I figured, you know, what a great number. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Twenty one is the Baumgartner number. <laughs> you know, that's the number I had. And uh, so anyway. Once we got a chance to change that, and they got into uh, junior high and such, we uh, we we tried to make sure that they uh, they 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 followed suit with the uh, the traditional twenty one. You know, so. <laughs> you know, you know, Dan. Yeah. Women women don't don't understand us always, and we don't understand them uh, uh, usually also. So, but you know, what? That's, a, that's a sacred thing, right? Passing had right. my dad had my dad had a number, I probably would have done the same thing, or he would have pushed that right. on to me. But yeah, right. you know, women don't think of how special that thing is. Like, hey, let me give my son my number. But you know what's funny though, Matt? I, I will say this: that if you if you were raised in Rio Hondo Prep and Care Youth League as a woman, you would you would do you would know how important that is, and you would probably pre- pass that on to your kids or you know or your grandkids and whatnot. So I think it matters only from a perspective uh, where you were raised and how you were raised. And if you're raised in the uh, 
and the uh, Rio Hondo Prep Care Youth League uh, family, I think I think it would make difference. Yeah, <laughs> I I know my niece has always fought over thirty four, and I don't know why the number thirty four was pertinent to them. But Stacy and Amy, I think, always kind of battled over that number. So. Who knows? It's kind of cool, though. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I ended up changing my number, and, and I'm a, my favorite number now is 15, and uh, there's a few different reasons yep. for that. But, yeah, I'm a big, big number 15 guy, and uh, later in life, of course, that's where I took took my route uh, with my numbers and everything. But I know Bill and Dan, yeah, they, they both both wore that number in, in high school. Yep. And, uh, yep. Oh, yeah, Tom Gardner, 21. It's a uh, very Yeah, that's good. Well, well, you know what? We'll say this though. Um, Twenty-seven. I mean, Mike Trout was that a little foreshadowing there? I mean, who uh, knows? You know, it might it might have been. You know, I, I it's it's it, you know it's a it's a funny thing. We we uh, we're missing baseball so so badly. I can't believe it. But uh, you know, it's it's funny you you bring up Mike Trout because you know uh, Matt. I think I think a lot of him and I think a lot of you. I think you guys are very similar in the way you handle yourselves. I always remember the way you handled yourself even as a young adult in, in high school and whatnot. And, and, and this is the truth. I'm not just saying this cause I'm on your podcast, but I, I you can ask my sons if you ever get a chance to interview them that uh, I've all, I always told them to uh, try to emulate yourself after that Matt Hirschma kid. He's a good kid. He's a, he's a good, respectful young man. and He handles himself well. And if you, if you're ever looking to looking to look up to somebody, that's your guy. Now, you know, I know it's difficult when you're, in junior high and high school and they're you know your contemporaries you guys are close in age but i always wanted them to be mindful of of how mad hersema would handle the situation if you will so yeah and i uh, think mike um, trout does that for himself in, 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 as as the i don't know if he wants to be the face of baseball but i think he is you know because he's a yeah, i think he's a wholesome clean cut straightforward you know uh no bs guy you know and i, I think i think that's what baseball has always been about that kind of thing you know so <laughs> Uh, that, that's, yeah, he's a that's, good, he's good man. That's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, Dan. I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, wow. appreciate that. That's uh, oh, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, I I can't wait to tell my girlfriend who is not a big sports fan, but she loves Mike Trout, and I gotta I gotta definitely tell her, hey, you gotta listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I did, uh, somewhat. Well, you can uh, you can start off with telling her how much wisdom I how much baseball wisdom I have, right? And just and then. And, just listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, <laughs> right? I, I think Mike Trout, you're right. It's the face of baseball, and he's the best player. Uh, seems like – I don't know him personally, but seems like a great dude. But thank you so much for saying that. Uh, seriously, I, I'm truly humbled by that statement. And Absolutely. You know what? All the things Dan and Bill have accomplished. I mean, Bill's uh, – I've seen Bill uh, as a father chasing around his boys at uh, Andrew Garcia's <laughs> wedding recently. Uh, Dan's done great service to the country. He's a father now. I mean – they are both uh, shining examples of their upbringing from yourself and your wife, Allison. So uh, they have plenty to be, to be proud of. And, and I know you're very proud of both of them. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're both two different young men and de- definitely individuals for the, to their own kind, but they, they, uh, they followed after their mom and dad, uh, love and, and love and respect for each other. That's, you know, what I wanted my boys to see how we raised them, you know, to respect your wife and, uh, and respect your family and, and uh, and I think you know if, if 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 they could bury me tomorrow, I could at least go to the grave knowing that uh, our our boys understand what a godly woman is, and and I think they both have godly women, and we're just so thankful for that. So it's 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 a rarity if you if you if you can find a woman that loves the Lord and and knows and knows uh, you know the Bible, that's it's great. So you know obviously Lauren growing up with Rio Hondo Prep and Care Youth, like always coming back to that. 
and, and Dan, uh, Dan, Dan found him a good woman, Lexi. She's a, she's a, she's an Air Force brat herself. She jumped back and forth from uh, Missouri to California with her dad's uh, involvement in the B-2 bomber and the uh, kind of the secrety, stealthy stuff in the beginning. It's kind of cool. And then uh, to, to come full circle and Dan, you know, gets the, his first assignment at Whiteman where the B-2s are now. And yeah, they're, they're, they're good, God-loving people too, good family. So, uh, we, you know, we, we tell our daughters-in-law all the time that uh, we pray for you even before we knew you. We prayed that our boys would, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> that our oh. boys would have uh, godly, godly wives and, and we're blessed. And I can't say any more about that other than the fact that I just thank the Lord every day for them. So yeah. Oh well, people. well, yeah. well. God bless the the Baumgartner family. I real I really mean that from top to bottom. Just a great group of people. And you know, one Thank thing you. about the Baumgartner family, I can say is, you know, yeah, you're, you're sports fans, but I think deep down, the Baumgartner family is a uh, is a baseball family. You guys are big Angel yep. fans. Uh, yep. You coach baseball right for a while. Yep. And what can you tell me about just your relationship with the game of baseball? Well, you know, uh, I could start with uh, becoming an Angel fan. I had actually no no choice. My dad, you know, had lined my room and my walls with the uh, Angel pennants before I could even uh, make a choice. The Angels were uh, concepted in 61. I was born in 62. So it was just a natural reaction. You know, uh, my dad was always American League guys from Brooklyn. Uh, when the Dodgers left, I think he was heartbroken. So he jumped into the Yankees and uh when uh, when he came out here when he was a young man, uh, the, the Angels fit him uh, pretty good. I have an uncle that was drafted by them, so that was kind of cool. Uh, out of uh, Mount Sac, he played for Masmanian. I don't know if you know that name. Masmanian was around when I was around. So uh, I, but, I do, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows, you know, the couple of names, uh, Masmanian and Scalinas. John Scalinas, what a great man. But I, I, I worked with a guy, uh, John Myers, uh, uh, at Arcadia for, I, I got a chance to coach with him for almost four years uh, as his assistant. And uh, I, I learned more in four years from that man than I did in my whole lifetime about uh, growing up with baseball and my family. And, uh, you know, coach Myers was tough. He was the, I always called him the, the, the high school baseball coach equivalent of Bobby Knight. You know, he was, he was kind of feared and, but really respected and his players uh, loved him and would, you know, go through brick walls if they needed to. But uh but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we think about the life lessons we learn from baseball. You, you know, we can equate to back to learning lessons from life, and they kind of go hand in hand. So, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. what, what mostly respected the baseball game because of the lessons you can learn from life, you know. So. Well, well, uh, I got to ask you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Coach Myers, uh, you know, the Bobby Knight of, uh, of local baseball, he never threw a chair at, at, at umpires, did he? Well, not. <laughs> I, I will say I don't think I've ever I've witnessed him throw a chair, but he definitely wanted to make sure that the younger umpires that were coming up uh, knew that he was in charge of that game. You know what I mean? He was very, very forceful and very, you know. And I'm sure you can talk to the uh, the McQueens and uh, and uh, I'm trying to I, I'm just racking my brain about some of the umpires that we would run into, but. Uh, uh, Bob McQueen. It was a Bob McQueen, right? He was my scheduler when I was a ref. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's still around. But yeah, it, it, there were there were umpires that were that were that were intimidated by him at times, and then there were other umpires that weren't going to take any any you know what from him. So you know, it just depended on who you got that day. So uh, it, oh, it, I'll give you a funny story. You know, uh, when uh, when uh, when we and we were we were in a very competitive league. It was Division One. You know, San Gabriel Valley. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, and coach prided himself on always winning league. And then this young coach comes into town named Phil Torres 
He takes over uh, <laughs> TV, sorry. right? I know so Phil. I know Phil. <laughs> you know Phil. We all know Phil. I played against Phil in high school when he went to Temple City, right? So we have this circle, you know. And nice. uh, so long story, long story short, uh, uh, Phil Torres come into our field and would pull uh, John Myers on it. He'd call timeout almost every inning. I mean, three or four times a time to talk to his best. I mean, just totally slow the game down to his pitchers, uh, his whatever he wanted to do. He would, you know, control the game. And Coach Myers did not like it because that was his move, you know. So, oh, my gosh, we had a lot of uh, back and forth with Phil. But, you know, the one thing I will say about Coach, he may have battled with Phil Torres or he may have battled with uh, uh, some of the other coaches in the, in, in the league, uh, the Muir coach, Alvester Strong, and some other guys. But you know what? When the game was over, win, lose, or draw, he respected those coaches. He respected the game, and he would shake their hands, win, lose, or draw. You know, he, now during the game, it was a little different, different uh, <laughs> flavor. But at the end of the game, yeah. So, and here's another funny story. We want to talk about Phil Torres. So my nephew uh, is uh, Jamison uh, Ferraro. He's he's a sophomore. He's about six two. He can bring it about ninety. But when he was before he was uh, ready to go to high school, uh, my sister was kind of freaking out. Like, where am I going to send him to high school? You know, I don't know if he should go to public school or private school. I don't know what to do, right? So I told her, well, you know, there's uh, there's some good schools around. But I said, you know, my mom still lives in La Crescenta. And so I said, why don't you talk to Phil Torres and, and see if he'd, uh, you know, want him because you could use mom's home address, obviously. So long, long, the long and the short of it is he's playing for Phil Torres now. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, and he asked Coach Torres, he says, hey, do you know a Dan Baumgartner? He says, yeah, 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 your coach against the ball. I said, oh, that's my uncle. I said, Guido, you should, that's his nickname, Guido, by the way. But I said, Guido, you probably should have waited until you got a better relationship with Coach Torres, and, you know, because it could have went it could have went the other way. But yeah, he's very Phil, uh, very Phil's good. Been around, Phil's been around a while. Uh, my roommate actually played for him at La Crescenta. Oh, uh, oh no, yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see. He was born in '81. Okay, um, so that would put him in high school. I think he was the class of 2000. Okay, so, so that was probably, but probably right after, uh, right after I uh, I left Arcadia. Yeah, I think I left Arcadia in '98. I want to say. When was your senior year? My senior year was 2003. Okay, so, so to go back, well, maybe maybe I was maybe I coached against him. What's his name? Uh, Mike Jarbo. Jarbo pitcher. Uh, yes, he pitched. Yeah, I think I know him. Oh, what a trip! <laughs> What a trip. Ask <laughs> anyway, that's funny. That's that, cool. Yeah, those crazy you know, another, <laughs> I'll give you one more Phil Torres quip, and then we move on. Uh, Phil Torres actually married uh, uh, a friend of ours that went. we went to high school together. His wife, Robin, uh, she went to high school. She went to junior high with my wife and her friends, and I kind of knew, knew her then, sort of. But then when she went to high school with us and transferred, I think, her sophomore year to Temple City. And then that's how she met Phil and, and married and whatnot. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that's a trip that uh, Phil married one of my, my wife's friends. Anyway, you know, it's just – it's a small world. It gets smaller every time you talk to people. But, yeah. Uh, oh, but, no. But yeah, no doubt. part of it. <laughs> baseball is a special game. You know what? I did not like baseball very much growing up. I much preferred really? football, even, even basketball. I, I played it because, you know, it, was, it wasn't as good as football, but it wasn't as right. bad as soccer. <laughs> That was kind of my outlook. Like, <laughs> That's like, perfect. Like, All right. This is something to do in the spring. And, yeah. and you know, I was on some pretty good uh, youth teams. 
but when I got into junior high, I couldn't, I couldn't see. <laughs> so I had to get fi finally some corrective lenses and I, I could, I could never hit. Uh, I tried to work hard on the defensive craft in high school and catching, but uh, You're, one thing I remember, You're a really good catcher. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank, thank you for, yeah. I remember, I, you were so you were so supportive from the stands. You were always matter cat. I think you always were yelling yep. at me, matter cat. Yep. I pick a guy yep. off or something, and you were yelling, "Oh, way to go, man!" But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, you you were so gracious. You, you took the time for us on Sundays, and you know you lived yeah. right around the corner, and and you tell the varsity guys, "Hey, come down, let's hit, let's just do yeah. some hitting, get get some yeah. reps in it." You were so giving of your time. You made yourself available. And I remember a lot of the seniors, we really appreciated that. Dan was a junior, but, you know, we're like, hey, yeah. you got to put extra time in if we really want to be successful at this. Well, that's, I think you're absolutely right. And, and so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like a three-sided uh, you know, triangle there. It's like giving back to the game that you love. I have a passion for it. You know, you obviously give back to football, you know, what you, what you, what, with what you do and, and seeking a career and, and, and refereeing and whatnot, you know. And so what, what do you do? You give back because it means so much to you. So I, I, oh man, I love to make myself available. It's a good term. I think that's a good thing to do in life just for anything really. But uh, if you have a passion for that, man, you know, and that was a, it was a, you know, a blessing to live there on that corner house at Milo Ann because uh, you know, we were, we were, uh, we were uh, looking for a place to live. We got kind of kicked out of the house we were renting in San Gabriel kind of abruptly and was like, what are we going to do? You know, and the Taylors, that house came up and, what a blessing. But yeah, that was, uh, that was some good times. I remember, uh, uh, I think that's why I have such a bad back at this, you know, and my sciatic is bad on my right side because of all the batting practice I threw all, you know, <laughs> I threw a lot of batting practice, man. I'll tell you, you know, but, uh, well, well, you're, well on top, on top of that, you're also helping out build a, build a batting cage with Mr. Parker, oh, yeah. Mr. Lumen, you know, yeah. working on the field stuff, just giving of your time. And those are things uh, look at a lot of dads, gave a lot of their time. My dad helped out with a ton of electrical stuff, uh, just different parents contributing. And you know what? That's another thing that makes Rio special. But yeah, you were always seeming to be doing something down there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good point you brought up. Uh, we did do the cage and uh, talked Mr. Loomis into, uh, hey, man, why don't we take up this room? And uh, one of my uh, friends, <laughs> Allison's uh, 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 friends was a, co a, a concrete contractor. So we got a good deal on that. And yeah, you know, think about baseball. Think about this for just one second. You know, obviously, you know, the, the, the real cool intricacy is that, you know, in baseball, the defense controls the ball and all other sports, you know, it's offense, obviously. So that makes it different. But you know what else, too, when the game's over and when the, uh, when the teams are getting on, the, the visiting team gets on the bus and is leaving, what's the home team doing? They're taking care of the field. They're cleaning up. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're raking it. They're, they're filling in the holes, you know. That's the only sport that you really do that. And you don't do it in soccer. You certainly don't have a reason to do it in basketball. And in football, it's just to turn the lawnmower on the next couple of days and mow it and pack it back down and go back out and practice, right? But baseball is the only sport that you really take care of that field. Now, obviously, in the pros, they don't do that. But, you know, there's a lot of college programs that still, you know, we talked about yeah. Scalinas real quick. You know, John Scalinas was real strong on that uh, 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 taking care of your field, taking care of, you know, you as a person, I got a, I got a chance to meet him through coach Myers. And, and uh, I'll tell you, if I don't start tearing up here, I'll be, I'll be surprised. But he spoke one time down in uh, San Diego uh, at a coach's convention and he came out in the umpire's uniforms like, what is he doing? But the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the process was basically he just wants, he said, I got some questions to ask you guys. Are you guys safe? Or are you guys out? 
Are you guys fair or are you guys foul? And then and I'm like, what's he talking about? He's talking about your life. He's not talking anything about baseball. He's talking about how do you lead your oh. life? Are you, on, are you walking that right path? Because, you know, John was a very, very devout Christian man, and I really appreciated that. But, uh, but that's what he was, he, was, he was witnessing, and he was giving a testimony up on that stage in, in front of 3,000 baseball coaches, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house, and it was gone, you know. And it was a, it was a good time, man, I'll tell you. That, that guy was powerful speaker, powerful coach. Wow. Yeah. wow. And, he's, and he steps in in a, in a uniform that probably most coaches don't like. That, that's that's no. outstanding. As an umpire, I love that. That's fantastic. Right? Right? Isn't that? I mean, you, you, you're, you're taking on, certainly, you're certainly going to take on the heat, but then to come out and take on the heat from everybody, because some umpires are never going to be liked and some umpires are going to be respected. But, you know, it's an earned respect, obviously, you know that. But yeah, he, uh, he took it on, man. It was cool. It was really cool. I, I looked for a video for that. All the, I always look for those videos. I can't find that one. That one, I, I don't know why it's not out there. I'm sure it's out there. I just got to look in the right place, I guess. I, I got to tell you, um, you know what, that you bring up his name, uh, Coach Galinos. Uh, you know what was a thrill, Dan, is that Coach Galinos was actually the speaker yeah. at my baccalaureate my senior yeah. year. Uh, yeah, I know. I know that. <laughs> I know. I'm sure and you were there. You remember the – I can't – oh, yeah, I was there. Absolutely. I, I, as soon as I heard John was going to speak, were you kidding me? I'd probably put my <laughs> – you put your blanket down and save your spot at whatever, whatever event's going on at Rio Hondo. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm running down there at midnight with my wife's red and black and yeah and white uh, quilted blanket and putting it down. You know. Oh my goodness, dude! They're taking me back, man. That is incredible. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, you've always been a baseball. I remember our baseball games. Yeah. But you know, of course, a, a very uh, vocal dad, a very encouraging. <laughs> already talked about how you gave you know gave her your time and and you love baseball and you could tell it i mean just, yeah. just right away and and what you said about players raking their field taking pride in in their home field and, and all those things that is what makes baseball so unique to everything else i always tell my dad that dad baseball I agree is just, that. <laughs> it's, baseball it's, it's unique that. yeah, yeah. And, and and that said i remember dan uh, at the time, I thought it was, you know, a corny dad joke. But, uh, you know, truth be <laughs> told, I have used this joke multiple times. And we were walking back to the bus uh, from an away game or something. And I was like, I don't know. I, was, you, I don't know how it came up. But you said, yeah, you know, you know, baseball is the only sport in the Bible. And I looked at you, what are you talking about? Mr. Baumgartner is crazy. And you go, yeah, Genesis 1-1 in the big inning. And I remember laughing. I was like, oh, okay. And But later on, I'm like, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, you know what? <laughs> the knowledge you bring. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it, it's probably one of the first corny dad jokes I told. Well, Probably not the first, but the real corny one. But yeah, it is kind of funny. It's kind of cool that, uh, yeah, you can turn it that way, right? In the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I, I respect that. You know, Rio Hondo Prep didn't they have? A, didn't we have a rule uh, for our home team to not? Uh, you weren't supposed to walk on the infield grass, and you didn't you have to always go around on the dirt up the baseline or uh, yep. on the infield side to get back to the dugout. You couldn't walk on the grass. No yeah. cutting corners. Yeah. No cutting corners. No cutting corners. Unless you're unless you got a runner on second and third with less than two outs and you squeeze button and you're the runner on second and what do you do? Piggyback. Tell piggyback. Me. <laughs> Cut the corner. Right. Piggyback. Maybe you, you didn't touch. You didn't touch third base, man. You're on the grass, huh? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. We, we try to be honest 
individuals at Real yeah. Hondo Prep, uh, you know, Dan. Uh, so, but there are times when, uh, you know, eh, maybe you did that a corner. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Yeah. And if you get caught, hey, that's a, a good umpire looking, looking for that, right? Yeah. Most umpires yeah. are involved in the in, involved in the action at the plate. You know, they're not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it is oh, what it the is. Game. Yeah, the game within the game. And again, that's what yep. makes baseball so yep. different than anything else. I, I've later okay. come to uh, to enjoy it more as an adult and, and young adult even. And, uh, you know, umpiring in the minor leagues was definitely an eye-opening experience for me. And just the entire game itself, I, I, I used yeah. to – I wouldn't say I hated it, but I but I used to not like it as much. Now I appreciate it and respect it from inside out. And it's it's a – it's a game that you can learn a lot of lessons, but much like football, football, some great lessons, yeah. but baseball is oh, yeah. very unique. Uh, I love baseball people. I do. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't go wrong with a baseball family. That's for sure. No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, it, it's a baseball family. Well said. Uh, well, one other thing, uh, speaking of Bible verses, I, I do want to say hmm. that one thing I really appreciate about you is that, you know, we're Facebook friends. And these days, trust me, I, I really try to stay off of Facebook because ah, there's so, no much, so much negativity. It, it drives me crazy, and uh, I usually get mad. But, but you know what? I'll scroll through Facebook occasionally, and something you do that I really appreciate, and I'm sure other people do, is, is you post uh, Bible verses. And, and mm-hmm. it's very – you know what? They definitely make me smile. I read them, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? As bad as things are – reflect on the verse that you just saw. And it's just something, I think it's a very positive thing that you do. So I, I've never told you that, but I really appreciate that you do that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Matt, for, uh, for appreciating that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, the, I got onto Facebook uh, purely because Dan went into the air force and it's like, well, how are we going to talk every day? Cause you know, I talk to my boys it, as much as they want to talk to me, I'm talking to them. And you know, if they wanted to call me every day, I would have full on conversations with them. I still talk to my mom every day, you know, I mean, she's, you know, she's still in California, but I call my mom on my way home from work every day, you know, so I don't know if that's weird or what, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, I figured I could get on Facebook and, uh, and stay in, in contact with Daniel and, and obviously Bill after, after he, you know, he moved out and married. So, uh, and then, and all, oddly enough, Dan decides he doesn't need to be on Facebook. So, but I noticed that, uh, you know, I have, you know, maybe 600 friends or followers, or whatever. And, you know, I think it's a good avenue to profess your faith. And, and you know, if, if there's so much junk going on, and just like you were saying, and most people stay off of it because of the junk. But, you know, if you're, if you're going to be my friend and, and, uh, and you're going to see my post every day, then I might as well make it something that's going to, if you're not following the Lord, maybe it'll think, make you think about it. And if you are following the Lord, it'll, like you said, it edifies and, and lifts you up and gives you a, a, something to think about, you know. So uh, I, I took that advice. Uh, I, got, I, I got some advice from Bill Lee one time when I started doing that, that uh, he talked about uh, one of his, I don't know if it was a drill instructor or one of his, uh, uh, his uh, upper, uh, uh, you know, uh, lieutenants or whatever, but he said that they, they, they talked about that in the Marines, how, you know, there's 31 – Proverbs in the Bible, read one a day, you'll be okay. And there's, uh, there's Psalms, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, can, uh, can uh, give you good advice in the evening, you know, so Proverbs in the morning and Psalms in the night. So I try to do that. And then I added that uh, 52 week Bible reading thing, because, you know, I think if we're going to profess to be Christians, we should know the, we should know the handbook, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've read the book several times now, I think it's about seven times now, uh, going through, this will be our eighth year, I think. Uh, you know, so you get a verse every day and, 
and by the end you get to read the uh, read the Bible through uh, you know through the end of the year and you know with all this stuff that's going on lately you know if you read your Bible you'll know that you know how it ends you know so <laughs> you know it's nothing <laughs> wrong with reading a book and knowing how the end happens and then just kind of sitting around and waiting for it to end uh, you know I don't I, I don't think that's a bad thing so you know, no no but, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a lot of great verses out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I see you post them and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that verse. That is a great yeah. verse. And, and there's plenty right. of verses, you know, that you can use and that you can uh, use at any time, even at full circle sure. stuff. I mean, uh, I think you and I have talked before about, uh, uh, you know, off the air about uh, Proverbs 22.6 and how that's, you know, one, oh, yeah. of, one of your favorite verses and, and just how oh, it, yeah. it's full, you know. I'll tell you that's uh, that's funny that you bring that up because you know remember all the uh, we talked uh, about the, the 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 things that we did for raising money at Rio Hondo and Carrie Youth League and all that and how the uh, how the uh, the guys the high school kids would have to uh, serve the dinners and they'd put you in black you wear your best black pants and a white shirt you know and they give you a cummerbund and a bow tie you know and go around putting uh, butter and bread on the table right kind of kind of almost like a Caddyshack thing but uh, you know what I mean. But uh, I remember one time Mr. Carson says, hey, Mr. Palmgren, I want to interview you, you know, to uh, tell me what you what you like so much about uh, Care Youth League and Rio Honda Prep. And I said, fine, you know, I, and I always like to free. I'm a free spirit. I don't if I write things down, it'll just get in my way. I usually stumble and, you know, uh, try to find where I'm at in my place. But if I if I just, you know, try to remember what I want to talk about, I'm pretty, pretty good about freewheeling it. So I guess that's the mm-hmm. salesman in me. But uh, he uh, he come to me and, you know, he asked me to talk about. Rio Hondo and I said something to the effect of, you know, it's it's, it's a great place to raise place to raise your kids. It's a great place to uh, you know to edify what we're teaching at home and what we teach at church is to uh, to train and, and like we said about Proverbs twenty two six, you know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Which tells you that that's we need to train our children in that way. So I think that was a, a good a good uh, opportunity for that to start, you know. But that's a good verse that. Uh, I think a lot of us lose sight of, especially young parents, because you get so caught up in life and stuff, you know, and it's just if you take five minutes a day, morning, noon or night and just give give your kids, give your babies, uh, give your you know, young adult kids a piece of that Bible, a piece of that uh, a piece of that advice. You know, uh, how could you go wrong? You know, you know what the word Bible stands for, don't you? Uh, not off the top of my head. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. B I B L. Yes. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've right? seen that acronym. Yes, you are correct. Sir. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, uh, it's just I, an I know instruction that, booklet. <laughs> you know, that's it. you might as well keep keep reading it over and over, right? Uh, you can't go wrong, like hey. you said. And uh, that's right. I, I I think you know it's unfortunate that the Bible is is almost it's absent in a lot of the parts of the country now. I think that there's a push for that. And, and unfortunately yeah. the country's in a, in a pretty dark place right now. Uh, I wish we could move forward together and, and that things would get better. Uh, I'm hopeful. I think there's a lot more yeah. be- people than there are bad people. Uh, but you know what? I, I think, man, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's frustrating at times. And I really wish we could move forward together. I think I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think the two the two things that come to mind as you're making those statements are one, I think the problem is is that we have a father problem, and that's the lack of men, godly men, or just stand up, straight up moral men need to take charge and be fathers and be godly or be responsible men to teach our young, you know, guys how to be responsible as well. You know, raising 
raising a modern day knight. You know, if you look at how the knights were raised, they always had a they always had a squire that they were teaching and bringing alongside. And it's a great analogy is that that's my job as, a, as an older guy now is to bring my grandkids up in that way. And my kids will do the same thing. And if we continue to perpetuate that, we wouldn't have these problems, you know, but, you know, we do live in a great country, Matt, you know that. I mean, the, 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 the opportunities that you had as a young man to travel this country and Europe and Canada and, you know, uh, wherever, whatever big trips and long trips you went on, you know, our, our, like we said before, you know, our kids did all the traveling. We just paid the bills, which was cool, you know. <laughs> but yeah. but think about it. You know, we we live in a country that, uh, I mean, even the even the even the craziness that's going on in Seattle and across the country with the with the with the people that are angry uh, about the demonstrations, not just demonstrating peacefully, they still have that right. You know, they can do that. And now, it, it may be repercussions. You may go to jail for burning stuff down and and tearing up your town and and burning out your, uh, your neighborhood's, uh, you know, businesses and stuff, which you probably should, because it's not right, but you still, I mean, most countries that just did shoot you on site or like in China, they shoot you with blue, uh, blue dye and round you up in the, in the weeks to come because you were on that street and you got shot with blue dye and now your skin's blue. You know what I mean? But yeah, think about it. You know, we don't, we, we, we could certainly do that and be that kind of, that kind of banana Republic, but we're not, you know, where we give people a chance to, to uh, express their opinions and like we're, we're doing right now, you know, we're talking about the Lord. We're talking about the Bible. Some countries can't even do that. You know, they string it yeah. up. They, you know, that's, that's what, what worries me about all these different things that are happening right now is that mm-hmm. people uh, are trying, not everybody, but there's, there's people that have this like hatred for America, hatred yeah. from within. And it's like, wait a minute, you don't understand that you're able to do those things because the country is so right. great. You're hating the country yeah. that loves you. Like that, that provided that, that provided the umbrella of safety for all these years for you to do this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They, they, it, they it's the old, uh, it's the old Jack Nicholas term from, uh, 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 where he talks about, you know, you just, I provide the safety and you mock the safety that I provide for you. I would just prefer that you just accept it and get out of the way and let me stand my post, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, well, how could you complain about the stuff you're getting? You know, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, hey, if we look to heaven, I think, I think if we keep our eyes on, on God and, 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 and know and have hope and know that, you know, we do serve a God that's in control and uh, this, none of this is surprising him and pray our prayers for protection and grace and, and peace, I think we'll be okay. You, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Amen to that. And great reference on a few good men there. Colonel William Jessup. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Well, well, Dan, I got to tell you this. I, I say this to a lot of people, but this, this really oh. was one of my favorite interviews I've done. Uh, it, it, it's not just memory lane, but it's some really good content. I really appreciate your time. You're a busy man out there in Missouri. Doing the Lord's work. I gotta tell you, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I knew we'd cover some ground and we covered a lot of <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you this, Matt, and I do appreciate the time. And again, uh, you know, uh, sometimes when people ask me for their for my advice, they regret it. And I, I hope I didn't uh, put you in that uh, category. But I will say this if you need someone to fill some time and and uh, talk uh, about other uh, subjects. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'll, uh, I'll give you my opinion, and and I'll, and I'll stick by my opinions. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cower away from the things I believe in. And uh, if you, if you want someone's uh, 
honest opinion. And most of your guys, most of your podcasts that I've listened to, it's been exactly that. And, and you know, people have, have given you their thoughts and their honest opinions. And that's what we need. We need to have conversations about stuff. We can't just, you know, run and hide. And, you know, uh, and, and if you don't believe in what I believe in, then I'm not going to talk to you. And I'm going to unfriend you on Facebook. Really? What are we in sixth grade? You know, come on. <laughs> Let's have conversations, people. Let's talk about this, you know. But anyway, I do appreciate it, Matt. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine. You will be back on this show very soon. Uh, we have a lot of guests that uh, we're going through, but I can't wait to have you back. I mean that sincerely. Uh, yeah, I love the energy. I love your opinions. Uh, you know, it's just so much fun talking to you. And hey, let's let's not wait another 14 years before we yeah. Uh, chat again. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's not. Let's do that again. Uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, like I said, I'm there for you. I will. I will tell you this next week. Uh, I will be in California, so I'll be on the vacation mode. So if you want to do a quick hit, if I'm on the beach or something, just give me a holler. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. I got your number, and uh, yeah, that'd be great to see you. Thanks again, Matt. I appreciate the opportunity. Take care. Take care. Well, I can't say it enough. A big thank you to Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. So much fun catching up with you. Yeah, let's not wait another uh, 14 years before we chat, right? Uh, <laughs> no, it won't be that long. We've exchanged a few text messages since then. And uh, someone I, I very much look, look up to. And, and I'm just uh, happy you were able to come on the program. Shared so much. Uh, God bless the Baumgartner family. Dan, Bill, uh, Allison, all the grandkids, uh, the wives, everybody. Just uh, great people. Uh Really look forward to maybe catching up with Bill or Dan Jr. here uh, in the uh, near future. I'm sure we can arrange that if we just uh, get in touch. So thanks again, Mr. Baumgartner. It was an absolute pleasure. You will be back on this program very soon. Well, guys, let me tell you about tomorrow's guest we have on the program. We have Billy Cunha. Billy and I were partners in the minor leagues. Uh, Only one season. Actually, it was only about three weeks. Billy uh, was promoted from the league he was working into the league I was working in August of 2010 Uh, didn't know what to expect had never met each other we just met up in Yakima Washington and uh, started working games together but a great guy a guy that uh, I truly consider a really good friend Uh, we don't get to talk much he lives in Colorado now we hadn't worked a baseball game together in 10 years but this this most recent February, we actually did get to work college uh, series together. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great to catch up with him. He now works in human resources in, in tar- at uh, Target up in uh, in Colorado. So a lot to touch on. I promise you there's a, there's a little bit of everything. Even if you're not an umpire, there's uh, we'll talk about uh, how you, know, find, you can find love while working baseball. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Touch on COVID a little bit. He's a former paramedic. So uh, there, there's a lot to, to catch up on. The interview went great. Really excited to have you guys listen to that tomorrow. So be sure to tune in. Billy Cunha tomorrow on the program. Wednesday, of course, is Bill Barnes. Who can forget Wednesdays? Bill Barnes is back again. We'll have plenty to say. We're still working on Thursday and Friday. Bear with us. We're going to get that information out to you as soon as we can. Uh, We continue to post pictures of the upcoming guests the night before, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We try to get that out so you guys can have a face with a voice. Uh, And also just so you're aware of who's coming on. Oh, I want to check that out, right? So be sure to look out for those photos and descriptions the night before our our podcast goes out. You can follow us on Twitter at the Get Get Home Safe Pod. 
Once again, Twitter is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook, Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We continue to hear feedback from people, and just the support has been so amazing. Looking forward to getting some more guests on, uh, sit down, do some interviews, stockpile a few so that we're ready to go for next week and the week and the week beyond. Uh, we will work around your schedule. Uh, I am pretty much wide open, except when I'm messing up what day Father's Day is. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I am open. I can sit down and make time for you, whatever works for you. I've already reached out to a few guests and we're working around their schedules as we speak. So thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate your time. Uh, Have a great week. It's a great start to the week. Uh, Monday morning with Mr. Dan Baumgartner Sr. It was an absolute blast. Uh, You know what? We hadn't talked and I reached out and he said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, thank you to him and everyone who will participate this week in advance. And guys, I want to tell you, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.